The views expressed on this episode of My Take Radio do not reflect the views, thoughts, or feelings of the My Take Radio staff, My Take Radio advertisers, or My Take Radio content partners. Listener and viewer discretion is advised. This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. Hey, what's up, guys? My Take Radio, episode 251, presented by Rageworks for Thursday, October 23rd, 2014. Our caller number is 347-324-3541. Again, that caller number 347-324-3541. Slick is telling me that there is no video. I'm not going to sweat it. Slick just told me that, if anything, if you're watching it on MTR Live or GFQ, uh, live.tv make sure to change the player to either Ustream. Uh, Justin in Daily Motion for some reason isn't playing it. Um, I let my colleagues over at GFQ know, so they'll probably check it out. But it is working on Ustream as per slick. So definitely if you're gonna watch the video feed, do that. Otherwise you can listen via the Mixler feed and if not you can always catch the archived episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and of course on MyTakeRadio.com and RageWorks.net. All right, so what do we got on deck for tonight? We're going to get into a pretty decent amount of gaming news this week. We're also going to talk more so about the entertainment news for the week because a lot of crazy stuff went down. Of course, excuse me, the uh, the Age of Ultron trailer, I want to discuss that quite a bit. There were a lot of things that came out of that trailer that really put everybody on notice with regards to what Marvel plans on doing going forward. A lot of things were laid out from, obviously, who's responsible for Ultron, what kind of armor we're going to be seeing. We're going to get into that. Uh, The involvement of Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, of course. I want to get into that stuff. And a new rumor that's saying that we're going to get a Batman versus Superman trailer within the next week or so. Obviously, DC uh, not very happy with all the press that... Avengers Age of Ultron has been getting so of course they're going to strike hard and try and come out with an awesome Batman versus Superman trailer I want to dig into that as well as always feel free to call in for any of the segments 327-324-3541 just a reminder if you're tuning in for the first time my take radio is a variety show covering mixed martial arts professional wrestling gaming and entertainment Live broadcasts are every Wednesday at 11 p.m. and every Thursday at 11 p.m. as well. All right, so um, before we get into tonight's topics, just a brief reminder uh, with regards to a broadcast schedule. 
There will be no live episodes of MTR next week. We will be covering the Photo Expo here in New York City. And, um, you know, make sure if you're interested in any photo and video hardware to keep an eye out on our social media, Facebook, and, of course, on our websites for us to cover that stuff. Uh, Lots of great stuff. Last year I covered the event, and it was really cool. We got to see some great stuff from Sony, from Canon, from Nikon, and a lot of other great gear as well. So definitely looking forward to covering that once again this year. Uh, next month, uh, pretty much a pretty by-the-book broadcast schedule. I don't really see anything um, on the horizon that's going to change that other than Thanksgiving, which falls on a Thursday. So there will probably just be the Wednesday show, and there will not be a Thursday show due to the Thanksgiving holiday. But we will um, definitely work on a formal schedule once November begins. I did want to tell you guys that we are working on our first RageWorks holiday gift guide that we're going to be publishing on the site probably in the middle of November uh, with all our top picks for gaming, uh, entertainment, movies, stuff for MMA fans, stuff for wrestling fans, uh, stuff for people that are into comics and collectibles. We're going to get into that stuff and it's probably going to be a multi-part post and definitely we're going to bring in the entire MTR team as well as some of our colleagues and affiliates from some of the other sites to share and give their input as well. We want to give you guys a very, very awesome holiday guide so that you can see some of the stuff that's on our radar that maybe you guys may want to check out. As for what else is on deck, like I said, we got some pretty decent gaming news. We also have some uh, a heavy dose of entertainment on deck. I'm actually going to see if I can bring Slick on for two reasons. One, just because I want to an extra an extra voice on the gaming side of things. Two, I want to make sure that everybody on the Mixler feed is able to hear everything with the brand new sound card. Slick, what's up? Are you there? Yeah, man, I'm here. All right, buddy. How's it going? Everything's good, man. The issues seem to have been resolved for the moment. All right. So, with that said, let's get into the uh, the week's gaming news. There's quite a bit to discuss, and like I said, I want to bounce a couple of news stories off of you. So let's get that ball rolling. All right, so earlier this month, a lot of people were talking about the MPD numbers going into the holiday season. Of course, this is going to be a very interesting holiday season for a couple of reasons. Uh, Sony continues to rule the roost with regards to their current console standings. Microsoft definitely is stepping up, but Nintendo is gaining a fair amount of headway. Of course, they got a lot of great games on deck to close out 2014. Of course, uh, Bayonetta 2 dropped, which has been getting a lot of great feedback. We got Super Smash Brothers on deck, which we got some news to talk about with regards to that. Plus a ton of other games that have already kind of been making the rounds on the 3DS side of things. Uh, Slick, with that said, do you feel that Nintendo's going to make a strong case this holiday season with their lineup? Or do you see that it's going to be more uh, more Sony and Microsoft holding the number one and number two slots? Well, I feel like... Uh, Nintendo's been making a strong case. It's just that it hasn't been strong enough to pull, you know, people away from Xbox and and PS4, at least not for a second console, at least not as yet. And with games like Bayonetta 2, which not to be, you know, too much of a dick, but it doesn't drop till tomorrow. Um, that's that's a game that's going to get a lot of people 
happy, you know, to, to look at a Wii U again because, for one thing, one thing they're doing that is uh, has a lot of people, you know, mostly Wii U owners already happy is that they're not just giving you the new game; they're giving you the old game for free. Right. Which is two, two discs in a package, and it, it wasn't like a special pre-order bonus. It's just two discs in there. One is Bayonetta one, and one is Bayonetta two. Would have been cool if they threw in the movie, but hey, I might be asking for too much there. Well, I was I was going to ask. You played the first game, yes? I played it. I didn't play it all the way through. Okay. So I'm glad that I'm going to get another chance. I mean, I still have this PS3. Eventually, I will finish it. But I mean, now <laughs> I can play it all the way through on the Wii U. It is it is a very enjoyable game. I am a little I am a little bo- bothered by the fact that you know Nintendo copped it as an exclusive. No no big deal. I mean the game is extremely enjoyable. I will say that Nintendo has been seeing a lot of success due to Super Smash Brothers and its release on the 3DS. Plus the Wii U sales have jumped fifty percent from month over month. So they are making a strong case. I I actually uh, you know with regards to the holiday gift guide and and that project. There are going to be quite a few Nintendo products on there. Uh, with that said, where do you think Nintendo's going to gain the most traction? Do you think it's going to be all Super Smash Brothers, or do you think Amiibo and some of the other things are going to add to that? Because for me, I kind of feel that Nintendo's success is going to be leveraged on a 50-50 scale, meaning 3DS is going to attribute to 50%, and the Wii U is going to attribute to the other 50%. Do you agree? Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit more unbalanced than that. I think the Wii U is going to have a strong holiday season by comparison, at least, to its last two. But um, definitely, it's still going to be the 3DS rule and the roost overall, even with Smash Brothers out. Smash Brothers is definitely going to push console sales for the Wii U. Right. So it's going to gain some ground. Let's hope it gains a lot of ground, especially since... Nintendo actually seems to be pushing more online functionality with these games. Like, even Bayonetta 2 has an online co-op mode right. between, for two players to play at once. But, um, I mean, it's gonna, I would say it would be more 70-30 in, in favor of the, of the um, 3DS. But okay. that's not to say that the Wii U won't do well. The, yeah. Um, Nintendo's been doing more right than wrong lately. I agree. Oddly enough, as much as I've always been touting them over the past year, Sony is kind of fucking up lately. Sony Sony has its, um, you know, it definitely has a couple of issues. I will say that Microsoft is making a pretty strong case heading into the holiday season. Um, They're already pushing the advertising campaign for Sunset Overdrive. Of course, they're even selling uh, they're selling a system bundle. I actually got an email from the Microsoft store about it. Plus, of course, the Halo Master Chief Collection, which obviously we know is a double dip. But people people are still, you know, Ma- Master Chief sells sells any way you slice it. So that's a that's a no brainer. I'm not I'm not sure where I stand with Sunset Overdrive. It's a new IP. Um, a couple of the preliminary reviews and feedback I've seen are that it's a wild game. But you know what? Bulletstorm was a wild game, too, and nobody liked that when it was all said and done. This is what I have to say of, you know, about the three companies in terms of, strictly in terms of October. Right. I'm going to start with Sony. Okay. Sony, fucking up this month. Why? Because their big game this month was supposed to be Drive Club. Right. Drive Club is out. It's crippled, nobody's though, right? talking about it, and the reason why nobody's talking about it is because 
they had this whole big idea where PlayStation Plus owners, which roughly translates to PS4 owners, right, would get a PlayStation Plus version of the game for free. Okay. And that was, first of all, everybody knows that the games for the month, the free games for the month, become available the first of the month. Absolutely. PlayStation 4 games for October were not available until about October 7th. Yep, you lost a full Today seven days. October 23rd, going into October 24th. Guess what's still not available on PlayStation Plus? Really? Drive Club. That's crazy. It's still not available. I haven't, I haven't turned my system I on in a few excited, days. Go ahead. I was saying I was excited to, to check out that game, but I wanted to play since they were offering it. I wanted to play that before I picked up the game. Right. And guess what else I haven't done? I haven't bought Drive Club. And a lot of people haven't either. Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people have definitely been upset about it for a multitude of reasons. I mean, here's here's a funny thing, and and I'm ho- I hope I'm proven wrong. I turned on my Xbox One, which I hadn't done in a while, because I heard that um the season two of Killer Instinct was available. So I figured, all right, I bought the game, you know, the full copy of the game. I should get season two with minimal issue. So. I put the game in and it says, you know, TJ combos available first. Now, the funny thing is TJ combos available to be used in versus mode, but his story mode campaign is quote unquote, not available yet. Maya is also not available. And I'm not even sure if I'm going to get killer instinct too, because I don't, I've been hearing conflicting reports that a, if you have the full, the full season pass from the first game, It'll it'll carry you through into the second game. Other people are saying that you have to buy season two, um, and that TJ combo was just given for free for the time being. So I don't I don't know. I've been getting a lot of misinformation, and that for me is what's been bugging me on the Xbox side of things because it's like you create this season pass. Um, you know, Killer Instinct when it got the update, it changed the way the game looked completely. They added stage fatalities now and a couple of other things, and that's fine, but. There's there's such there's such a conflict of information with regards to if I bought the first season now do I need to buy the second season in full if that's the case that just brought the total the total cost of the game to sixty dollars so they better not think that people are gonna jump on board and pay for season three and make the game cost fucking ninety bucks because I, I I I smell it happening. And it's going to piss a lot of people off. Like, I didn't mind buying the first season or whatever, because whatever, it was, what I think, 20 bucks, 25 bucks at the time. But now now I'm seeing, all right, now we're getting into $60 territory. What are you going to do? You better, you better give more characters for season two. And that's where I move on to Microsoft. <laughs> Microsoft, also fucking up. Absolutely. Why? They made a big deal also about their... Um, the latest console update, they're like, what does it bring? Ooh, I can get background. Yeah. Wow, I can get background. Guess what? When Sony does their big update, they're getting background. You can share games with your fucking friends. This is true. I mean, fuck a background. You know what the thing is with that? They're trying. They're each trying to keep up with the Joneses. Like, remember the Blu-ray update that allowed you to watch the 3D movies? I see. I understand that frustration. And, you know, everybody, each system is going to have updates that are not always going to be, I don't want to say well-received because it's a poor way of looking at it, but I do feel that it's an update that doesn't, it doesn't bring anything to the system that's, 
that's not tangible, but what I'm saying, just not useful. Like, I, I barely cared about custom backgrounds on the consoles I have now. You know, fuck next gen. Yeah, and it's, there's nothing wrong. Let me, let me just backpedal for a second. There's nothing wrong with that update. Right. That update's cool, because you're giving more functionality to the consoles. The people who wanted that are loving it. Right. But... Don't make a whole YouTube video about it and act like that's something special. You got Major Nelson doing the freaking commentary like this is the fucking next big thing. Yeah, the hard sell. It's not. Well, you know what it is. If I and and, and and I missed out on it. If you sign up for the pilot program for the update pilot program, which I was signed up on the 360, I just got my Xbox One too late to join the party. Like a lot of people that have got the update that I know. They're like, yeah, you know, the updates are right. It is what it is. Like, it's not it's not updates that are setting the world on fire. And again, system updates for me, they don't they don't really they don't affect me in the sense that there's nothing in a system update other than one or two things occasionally that really, really get my attention. Like I was bothered when they took away the uh, the cinema feature on Xbox 360 where, you know, everybody could sit in the movie room and watch a movie together. You and your friends. You know, that was a feature right. that I remember that. Right. And that was a that was a feature that as much as people may or may not have used it was pretty cool that you could do like a mystery science theater, you know, with all your avatars sitting in there and you watch a movie together. I mean, I understand that, you know, going back to what you said about game sharing, where you're able to share the game with your friend and that's cool and it's fine. But you know what it is? Not everybody's going to want to get in on the same game that you're playing. But the movie thing is cool because it's a good way for you and a couple of buddies long distance to get together and have a few laughs. I mean, if you're all about preaching, um, you know, just multiplayer experiences, you can you can preach that because that was a feature that while not too many people talked about, everybody that, that utilized it enjoyed it. Yeah. And that's where I feel right. that, you know, you, it's like, oh, look, backgrounds. Great. Thanks. You know? Oh, look, you can use Internet Explorer on your browser. All that means is that people can watch Pornhub on their console and say Xbox off just to make sure that they don't get sticky controllers. Come on. And then, um, thinking back to the other thing with Microsoft, making this huge deal out of Sunset Overdrive. Now, I'm not saying don't make a big deal about it because, right. like you just said, it is a new IP. Right. you got to sell it. Absolutely. And... Having looked at gameplay of it, I'm, I'm saying that the game itself, like the control, looks very smooth, very fluid. It looks like it's going to play very well. Absolutely. That doesn't mean it's going to be a good game. That's one way of and looking at it. Honestly, the whole, like, seeing the commercials about it, which are mostly CG and not actual gameplay. Right. Part of my French for anybody who likes it, who buys it and loves it, but fuck that game. It looks like... It looks like... It infamous reminds me of Jet Set Radio. And, yeah, it looks like Infamous Jet Set Radio and yep. Gears of War had a bukkake party and threw up on each other. Well, you know what it is? I think that... And, and this is, this is a, a genre of games that not too many people talk about. And it's what I like to call the bro genre. And you know what it is. You get the, hey man, I'm the super laid back dude that tries to do really cool shit you know games that are guilty of that this sunset overdrive dmc um 
you know, just real like like bro culture kind of games where they try to, to try to leverage that as as the selling point. You get what I'm saying? Like the anti-hero yeah. snarky badass. I mean, that's great and that's and I have no issue with that, but my issue is you're 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 building this new IP and I, and I applaud Microsoft for doing it. But the problem is exactly what you just said. You're utilizing non-in-game footage to sell the game. And what you're doing is you're creating a false impression that when people play this game, you're going to get what's on the TV. Don't misunderstand. You're going to get something close, but you're not going to get exactly that. In the age of Xbox One and PS4, that shit is unacceptable. I get mad when people make commercials for video games using, like, real-life shit now. Because the graphics are at the point where, just show the fucking game. Right. The graphics almost look real, especially for a game like Forza, which I I love the way Forza looks, even though I've never played a Forza. Oh, it's a beautiful game. I was like, why the fuck did they use real cars? There was no reason to do that. (laughs) You could have made that same commercial using the game engine. Well, not to 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 kind of put an asterisk on that. I played the demo. I have the demo, and it's pretty fucking close. <laughs> it's it, it, what? it's pretty fucking close, dude. Like no bullshit. But that's what I'm saying. It's pretty damn commercial. close. The commercial for Forza uses real cars. Right. You could have made the commercial using the game engine. Right. Why'd you use real cars? Well, at that point, you know what it was also, and this is something that. It it, it 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 hinders certain games more than others. Forza already made sure to have a demo out before the commercials dropped. So they had already gone out of their way to generate a buzz just based on, on demo alone. The commercial at that point was an afterthought. See, with Sunset Overdrive, you're getting a brand new IP, a brand new game, and the only way you're going to see the game in action is YouTube. If you buy it. You know, or if you buy it. Or if you go to the Microsoft store and they have it on the big screens in the store. Weird. It, it definitely is weird. Meanwhile, um, uh, there's been a lot of games under the radar that have been doing very well that not as many people are talking about. One game, and you and I kind of talked about this casually over the last couple of days, is Alien Isolation. Everybody who's been playing it really, really enjoys it. So, you know, they're they're releasing DLC for it. It's Corporate Lockdown comes out October 28th. It's going to be one of the first of five DLC packs for Survivor Mode. Um, you know, you're going to get three maps, Gauntlet Mode, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and it's going to be either $8 or part of the season pass. Now, the other four packs are expected to be out by March. Now, what I was going to say with regards to this is that Alien Isolation, Evil Within, Shadow of Mordor, all really, really good games that just I, I just don't feel are being promoted on the same level as, you know, a Forza or a Sunset Overdrive. Well, let me let me rephrase that. Evil Within, they started to promote that really, really well, especially during The Walking Dead, um, during The Strain. If you watch the television show The Strain, they went out of their way to promote it in those niche shows because they knew that those people that were watching those shows would gravitate to that type of a game. But a game like Alien Isolation... A, ga- a game that's considered that good should be getting a lot more airtime. Do you agree? But there's a reason. I, I feel there's a reason. Okay, let's hear it. First of all, there is a commercial for Alien Isolation. It's very short, and there's a reason. 
you can't really make a good commercial for Alien Isolation and put it on TV at any time of day. Okay. Because there's only two things that happen in Alien Isolation. A, nothing. <laughs> B, dead. <laughs> you get fucking murdered. Yeah, but... That's what happens in Alien Isolation. But it happens in the and evil within, too, dude. Even if you play it at... Yeah, but there's, there's more that you can show, like the, the shock moment. Okay. This, the shock moment in Alien Isolation is the alien in your face. <laughs> there's only so much of that that you can show. There's a lot of very shock moments for a game like Evil Within. And you can't really show, even at this time, a xenomorph stabbing you through the chest, freaking a face hugger's egg fucking popping out your chest, or, you know, basically the alien just killing you. Right. You can't really show that. Because the game, in terms of that, when you die, it gets pretty graphic. No, I, that that I understand. And other than other than you know just crouching and hiding and and like accessing terminals and doing walking, your best Newt impression. That's about the only <laughs> other thing that happens in Alien Isolation. It's the kind of game that you actually have to be playing to enjoy. Right. Like if you were playing the game and I were at your house, unless like, you're trying to run and gun, which you just can't do in that fucking game. Nope. And I'm so sitting I've heard. there, or Andrea's sitting there, we'd be bored out of our fucking minds. Oh, I mean... You'd be enjoying yourself, or we'd be like, fuck this. Exactly. That I understand. That's why you can't really make a good commercial for Alien Isolation. The commercial for Alien Isolation shows the alien coming down from the ceiling and says, Alien Isolation, in stores now. That's about it. Really? I've never even seen it. That's crazy. But, you know, I, I, all I saw was, like I said, the evil within and the marketing campaign for the evil within was done via, like I said, the, you know, the niche programs, the, sh- the strain, Walking Dead, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, and it's, it's working. But you're kind of right that there should be more ads. There should be ads on buses in New York showing, you know, alien isolation. They should have been. Absolutely. And that's that's one thing. And uh, and you and I, we, we had a, a lengthy discussion a couple of shows back about just the evolution of game advertising that's just it's just not there and they they i don't know if it's because they feel that the medium isn't as strong as it used to be but you know a good billboard in the middle of times square still may still still gets noticed you know yeah if they had put like a a xenomorph hanging off a building that would have been sick yep but that's how you do it now i wanted to switch gears because you know dead or alive is a game that has probably been Double dipped, triple dipped, quadruple dipped. Well, Dead or Alive 5 is getting dipped again with Dead or Alive 5, the last round, coming out February 17th, 2015. Uh, the U.S. version of the game is priced at $39.99 for PS4 and Xbox One. Of course, it'll be available digitally, and then PS3 and Xbox 360 are not getting left out as their versions are going to retail for $29.99. You're going to get all the pre-order bonuses, all the DLC costume packs, depending on which retailer you choose, um, the thing that gets me is I feel like Dead or Alive, when it got to number five, it was like, all right, what else are you going to do? Now, what they're saying is that, you know, the additional features are going to be are going to be available on next gen consoles. But I just feel that at this point, you're taking a game that has a niche following, because that's the thing. Like when we talk about fighting games, we got Street Fighter, which has the big following. And then 
underneath that are smaller followings depending if you follow the professional fighting circuits or not. In other words, like Persona. Persona's a good game, but unless you're hardcore into fighters or you follow the competitive circuit, you may not know a fucking thing about it. Same thing could be said with games like Virtual Fighter. I love Virtual Fighter, but the community is just, it's not as strong, even though it's probably one of the more realistic fighting games. And, you know, same thing with Tekken. Tekken has a, a strong community, but it's not that it's not Street Fighter strong. So for you to, du- I guess at this point, you're quadruple dipping with a game like Dead or Alive. I just, I just don't see the, the reasoning. Why not just release a DLC pack? Or, or release it... Or work on Dead or Alive 6. There, there you go. And see, Mortis makes a very valid point. Smash Brothers has a huge following, which is true. I never knew Smash Brothers had that big of a following till we um, till we were at Kieran Con and we saw we saw countless people just glued to that game in particular. What, uh, Smash Brothers following, it, it's a competitive game. It's on the circuit, but I never knew it was, it was, all, it was practically at Street Fighter levels Till I started seeing, you know, more videos, more streams, um, you know, certain fighting game events that had Smash Brothers as a, you know, as a focal point. I, I didn't, I never knew it was that big, you know. Yeah, it is because the same way people go crazy for Street Fighter and break down the frame data and get all into, you know, developing combos and shit like that. There are people that do it for Smash Brothers too. Yeah, man, I I Actually, never knew that. I was coming home from work, and I I just looked into the window. It's like nine o'clock at night, and they were like, I don't even remember what kind of store it was, but it had nothing to do with electronics at all. But it was after hours, and it was like a gang of people in there playing Smash Brothers. Well, you know, um, Beast Mode NY and Astoria, they do a lot of Smash Brothers game nights, like every Friday, and um, you know, it it, it this it, is I, in Wontaw. Well, that well, that's that's a separate issue all its own. But to, but that's what I mean. Like I'm seeing more, you know, mom and pop stores, more more tournaments, just embracing games like that. But think about it: Smash Brothers doesn't double dip. It doesn't. It doesn't double dip. It doesn't triple dip. It's just it's it's here. And here's the game. You know what I mean? Like they don't go too outside of the box. It's like here are the games, here are the characters, here are the stages. Good luck. Games like Dead or Alive, it's like, all right, we're just going to take the game and we're going to dress the characters in bikinis. We're going to dress the characters in gimp suits. We're going to dress the characters as nurses. We're going to put, you know, bathing suits on them and have at it. And then we're going to charge you 40 bucks. Or, hey, we're going to add an extra an extra two as, characters. That's still not as bad as Microsoft to one more fuck up. Going back to Killer Instinct. Go ahead. With all these seasons and shit, you're talking about the game is going to, to 60 and possibly $90 realm when it was supposed to be free. Well, here's 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 the thing about quote-unquote free. The whole thing with free, and this is what I always, I always understand. The game was free with the one character. Fine. Some people may enjoy playing a game as just Jago. You know what I mean? As just, as just, you know, as just Jago for 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 the rest of their lives. But me, as a as a fighting game fan, as a, as an aficionado, as somebody who loves the the fighting game genre, it's like I want to play as as you know Orchid or Saber Wolf or whatever. And like I said, even paying twenty bucks or twenty five bucks at the time. 
for a next-gen fighting game with whatever it was six selectable characters not a big deal even even now even now playing devil's advocate if i had to pay for the second season now i'm paying the price of what a full next-gen game costs again not a big deal but don't fucking come uh, six months from now and be like killer instinct season three Twenty four ninety nine because it's it, at that point it's just like fuck you, that's that's where my issue is like the whole free thing, the free thing doesn't bother me as much because I hate to say it nothing is free, there's always something on the back end even when they did DC Universe Online for free on PlayStation three and PlayStation four it's like if you want to get certain enhancements and certain shit for your characters you gotta pay for the shit. Yeah, well, it is what it is, man. But it's like. A game, especially a fighting game, I mean, I, I can't say too much because I've, I've probably bought every version of Street Fighter Four. But I have, as a game, have I. A game just shouldn't cost that much, right? And and see, and but but Street there Fighter is another issue. Go ahead. There's another issue that has to do with fighting games in particular, which is, I mean, they're they're out there, but what does Xbox One really have in terms of fighting sticks? I mean, I see there's one by Razer, which you know, let you mod, and then there's, I think, there's a Mad Cat. Mad Cat showed one off at but, CE Week, remember? But is it out? Dude, I, fuck if I know. We saw it, but I don't know if it's out. I think they emailed me about it, but I haven't seen it. But then again, I also haven't gone into more of the mom and pop stores that sell that stuff. Like Best Buy, you and I both know, they occasionally get that stuff, but they're not, they're not running out to put a $125 joystick out there. But the thing is, with all the money that they're throwing at people, you would have thought, you know, with making the big shit about Killer Instinct, that they would have got somebody to make a real super fantastic fight stick for it. They do. Nope. I think it's Mad Cats is the company that, that, that advertised themselves as the Killer Instinct fighting stick. I, that I remember. Like I said, ladies I just haven't seen it. Ladies and gentlemen, my opinions do not re- reflect the opinion of my tech radio, <laughs> Rageworks, or any of my co-hosts or co-workers. Fuck Mad Cats, they can go eat a bag of dicks. Why is that? What did Mad On Cats do to note, you? Mad Cats, to me, they're just not a quality producer of materials, period. It's weird. Mad Cats has, it depends on what, they, what they've done, because, I mean, they had a great track record for a while with a lot of fighting game stuff, but I also know that you know, you've, you've modded a lot of joysticks. You've picked up a lot of different joysticks from different companies. And more people talk about Hori or or any other company more so than Mad Cats. Like, Mad Cats, it's weird. They're kind of... Let me, let me put it in perspective of... You got Samsung TVs, Sony TVs, and Sharp TVs. Sharp TVs are all right, but nobody's jumping out through hoops to own one. That's kind of where Mad Cats is. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's unfortunate, but... but you said the magic word, Hori. Yeah, Hori well, has always made quality shit. Absolutely. And now, as of yesterday, Hori just released a new fight stick for the PS4. Right, which I'm they sure you're getting. They don't have one for Xbox One, at least not as yet. And you would think that Microsoft would have paid them to make one. Because of course. Hori, you know, is the big stick maker. Right. That sounds so wrong, but whatever. No, I get what you mean. Hori's actually gone past, as far as when Street Fighter 4 came out, everybody was all on sandwich joysticks and sandwich buttons. 
Oh, absolutely. Or he went out of their way to say, you know what, we're not fucking with Sandlot anymore. We make sticks. Our sticks should, should have all our materials in it. They made right. a joystick that, sure, you can, you know, the SRK labs, they evaluated their new stick and their new buttons. They're like, you know what? Sandlot has something to worry about. Absolutely. This shit is legit. And these, the stick and the buttons are in their new HRAP 4 for the PS4. See? It's 150 bucks, just like the Mad Cat sticks were for Street Fighter. And, you know, just like any Hori stick, you can, you can open it up and mod it if you want to put art or change the buttons around. But it's like you have this new stick coming out, and in about a little over a month, you have a fighting game which has a decent following. Of course, not as big as Street Fighter, but it's Guilty Gear, Exert Sign coming yep. out. And it's only coming out for PS3 and PS4. Yeah, I'm buying that. Love Guilty Gear. Amazing soundtracks. I own pretty much every soundtrack for every game. Uh, may, may or may not be have have been acquired through nefarious means, but <laughs> nonetheless, it's <laughs> nonetheless. I, I I pride myself on having every soundtrack. Let's just leave it there. It's like you know my disdain for the the Xbox One Killer Instinct comes from my overall love of the series. Right, but you know but what, dude? You got to come through and play the shit. Even if it were, even if I were loving the new game, you could get pisses on Killer Instinct. Well, hand drawn animation is always going to be key. I mean, the only company that's mastered hand drawn animation into the into the next well, correction, they've mastered hand drawn animation, and when it makes the jump to next gen, it'll probably burn the retinas out of our heads. Is Capcom? Those. Well, a Those lot of people have been, you know, tournament playing the new Guilty Gear, and the new Guilty Gear isn't primarily hand-drawn animation. It's it's hand-drawn animation on top of 3D CG animated using Unreal Unreal Three. Ah, okay. So that could make for some insane fighting action. Yeah, I and think I think I gotta like, start streaming when I've that comes seen, out. Like ten-hour-long videos of people going nuts playing this game and it's freaking sick all right man you got me hype you got me hype i'll i'll buy it <laughs> um switching gears i gotta i gotta acknowledge that microsoft announced their fiscal numbers um for the first quarter of its 2015 fiscal year which i'm assuming is gonna um tie in from this year into the beginning of 2015 they've sold 2.4 million xbox consoles in the first quarter so not a number to not a number to sneeze at, but I think they definitely got a long way to go. I have a feeling they're going to move more units once uh, you know Halo comes out, and you know all the usual suspects: Halo, fucking uh, Call of Duty, you know the usuals. And um, I'm sure that'll change. That's what's kind of sad. Halo is what's going to be yep. moving units for them. Yep. This this um, holiday season, not maximum overdrive. I mean, yeah, Call of Duty, but it's going to do that for PS4, too. Right, but Call of Duty, for some reason, on the Xbox, people like it more because of the of the multiplayer. I don't know if that if that if that's going to be the same case with the PlayStation 4. Again, it's a it's a level at this point. I want to say it's a level playing field, but yeah, because I mean, as much as I loved it, let's be honest, multiplayer on PS3 even now is suspect. This on the PS4, it's fine. Yep. So, 
we were we were talking about Smash Brothers a little bit, and I wanted to get into the big one. Um, Smash Brothers, according to the latest Nintendo Direct stream, is going to boost the highest quality visuals possible, coming in at 1080p resolution and 60 frames per second. Best of all, the game is going to allow you to do eight-player brawls, which are only obviously they're going to only be available offline, and not all the stages will be available. But still, eight-player mode locally is pretty badass. Yes, it is. So uh, the other thing I did want to tell everybody is that during that same stream, they announced that if you pick up the Wii U or 3DS versions of Super Smash Brothers, you'll be able to download Mewtwo for free. That's crazy. So there you have it. Not only are you going to get eight-player local play, 1080p, 60 frames per second on the Wii U, but you're also going to get Mewtwo as a downloadable character. Other downloadable codes are scheduled to be released for the game with other DLC. Through all, they have it scheduled through spring 2015. Of course, Mewtwo is one of those uh, one, of, one of those legendary Pokemon that whenever you mention that name, a lot of people are like, yeah, shit's about to get real. So um, very cool that they're doing that. Very cool that you're doing eight-player pl- eight uh, local play. I guarantee that things like that are going to make the local tournament scene for Smash Brothers extremely interesting or extremely violent <laughs> pick, pick your poison at that point but that i mean that's gonna be great i mean people the only thing i say is if you go to a smash brothers you know tournament bring your wiimote don't bring your tablet <laughs> absolutely not bring bring up bring a wiimote so by the bundle get broke stolen <laughs> or both <laughs> I agree, especially because, and you know what the funny thing is, other people are dusting off their their WaveBird controllers. <laughs> there's there's such a premium for WaveBird controllers on eBay right now; it is sickening. I can imagine. I mean, I still have mine. I just got to make sure that the battery didn't crust up inside it. I, you know what I ended up I doing? Have my freaking my um, what do you call the controllers? My regular Nintendo uh, GameCube controllers. I'm not going to lie, when the premium on the WaveBird controllers went up and I had already sold my GameCube and um, I held on to it, I think I had got like $75 for it. Crazy. Yeah, dude, and this was back then when the GameCube kind of was on the way out and they were, um, they were the WaveBird controllers were still in high demand. They, uh, you know, I, they went for fairly high. And even now, like you go on eBay, they're, they're up there. It's not, it's not cheap, you know? If Nintendo really wanted to kill it, because they're already making a bundle for for um, Smash Brothers that right. has the the adapter and a regular GameCube controller. controller, GameCube controller. Right. If they wanted to kill it, they they would make a Wii U holiday bundle that has Smash Brothers and a WaveBird in it. Oh, WaveBird controller would. I I guarantee you that that would that would definitely put a lot of people on notice. Absolutely. It's like Nintendo has a fantastic lineup coming up. I mean, it's not a whole lot of games, but they have a great lineup coming up because there's, um, you know, Bayonetta tomorrow. There's, there's um, Smash Brothers coming. They got the, even though they don't have a, a quote-unquote Mario game, they have the Toad game coming, which will fill that slot for the year. Right. So, you know, supposedly there's Star Fox next year. They just have a whole bunch of stuff coming out that people have just been dying to play. Well, I want I want the squid shooting game 
and I want the uh, the Captain Toad. Those games, those games sold me when when we were covering E3. I said, "Yep, buying a system Black Friday for those for those games." Plus, obviously, Smash Brothers, which I can play here, um, you know, with some people, and um, Mario Kart, which never gets old. And I, I liked Hyrule Warriors. That's on my radar as well. I, I think 2015 could easily be. I'm not going to say they would rule the roost, but it could be Nintendo's year to to make their comeback. I believe. I believe so. If I they, think if they work it right and keep the the bullshit out, right? You know, shovelware, they'll be fine. And they need to they need to just continue to attract third party developers on a consistent basis. That's what frustrates me too. That third party developers are like ah. We don't want to develop on the Wii U, and it's like there's three systems. I, I I don't understand that myself. It's like it's not like with the Wii. Like I'm trying to think of a game. Um, even like um, what was it? The the movie tie-in for Spider-Man Three. Right. It was the same game on the 360 and the PS3, and then there was the Wii version. Right. It's not like that anymore. I mean. If you make the game on these two consoles, it'll be the same game on the Wii U. I agree. There's no, there's pretty much no game that you put on these consoles that you can't really put on the Wii U. Right. It may not be right. as powerful, but you can still do those games on the Wii U. And the, I, I agree. There's no reason I, not to. Well, these stuff is—they've lost their damn minds. Well, it's it, like Nintendo made Rayman famous. They did. Nintendo essentially put Ubisoft on the map. Can't ar- I can't argue that. To even make games like Watch Dogs and shit. To, to not make games for the Wii U is, in a way, shooting yourself in the foot. And, and it's, it's, you know, forgetting where you came from. No, I agree. I agree. But, you know, I, I'm going to... November November's going to be very telling because I think November's going to lay out the groundwork for... 2015 effectively and the reason i say that is because you got all your mainstays you got a halo title you got a call of duty you know you got next gen gta you got smash you got a couple of other games that are coming in under the radar so november is going to be very very telling and again and i've and i've said this before the november mpd numbers don't mean shit because the reason is this beautiful thing called black friday Black Friday levels the playing field because that's the day that, you know, Assassin's Creed 4 will sell for $10 and everybody will buy it. <laughs> so, you know, the numbers the numbers for, for November are going to be skewed. The real numbers are going to be December and January. December, obviously, for the holiday crunch and January for all the people cashing out their gift cards and whatever money they got. You know what numbers are not going to be skewed? Which ones? The numbers for November 21st through November 24th. Because there are three little titles that Nintendo's going to basically pull the Wii back out and use that little meme where it says, it prints money. Right. You have Pokemon Alpha Sapphire and Omega Ruby. That's right. Which, even though they're remakes, they're going to fucking sell like... Of course. Like hotcakes and shit. Of It'll course. Be free cheese day. Yep. And Smash Brothers. Yep. Both come out on the 21st. There you before go. Before Black Friday. Exactly. But again, as much as they're going to move a lot of copies of all three of those titles, again, 
Black Friday levels the playing field because all these other games that were good that they sold a lot of, that day there'll be, you know, oh, NBA 2K14 is, excuse me, NBA 2K15 is $16 today. Yeah, the game is probably top 10 for the month that it was released, but it's probably going to be in the top 10 again because everybody's going to buy it for 16 fucking dollars. Especially if 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 you're buying next gen consoles for anybody for the holidays. I'm guilty of that. Yeah, true. I'm guilty, dude. I bought something that's very interesting. Go ahead. Out of the games of October, that's what's what's currently ruling the roost in terms of ratings. Let's hear it. Bayonetta 2. See? Is the top rated game, you know, based on average ratings from reviewers. There, there you have it. So, with, with that said, think about it. Bayonetta 2 comes out. It comes out, when, does, when is the official release date? Uh, eight minutes. Eight minutes. All right. So, officially comes out Friday. Now, let's, let's fast forward into November and into Black Friday. That game, they may turn around and say, you know, Black Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, it's twenty nine ninety nine. It's half off. Because you know that's what happens with any games that come out this month. Next month, they may be half off for Black Friday. Or they may do the always popular Target buy two, get one free deal. Yeah. So, so the game that's... i for that, actually. The game that's already trending at, at, at good numbers in October is going to probably shatter volume numbers in November because of that reason. They'll either be half off, buy to get one free, nineteen ninety nine, whatever whatever gimmick they toss out in the month of November, which by the way, Amazon is giving people that have Prime some legit some legit perks. If you're a Prime member, you're gonna get access to the Black Friday deals before everyone else. Nice. How that's the kind of crazy shit that retailers are going to have to start doing because, you know, Best Buy saying, oh, we're going to give you this game for twenty five bucks. And Amazon saying, hey, you don't have to leave your house and you can get the game for nineteen ninety nine. It'll show up in your mailbox on Monday. You get what I mean? Like it's going to be an interesting battle now because the playing field is being leveled not only from a console standpoint, but from a retailer standpoint. Retailers are opening on fucking Thanksgiving. Which you know we've discussed the merits of that <laughs> at length. So this it's it's gonna be one of those things where the holidays now are gonna just be based on who's got better deals and who's gonna and and the other thing price matching. Oh God, the dreaded words. <laughs> price matching and, and I can tell you basically what's gonna be impossible to find if you walk into a store on Black Friday. After let's say about six or seven a.m., what will be gone will be obviously because it came out a week ago. Grand Theft Auto Four for the current gen consoles and PC. Right. Unless they just get a ridic- ridiculously large shipment in that weekend, right? Which is possible. Alien Isolation yep. gone. Yep. The Assassin's Creed games gone. Yep. Evil Within. Smash Brothers won't even make it to Black Friday right. unless they get another shipment. Evil Evil Within, um, Sunset Overdrive. Again, this current crop of games, dude, Black Friday, it's gonna be it's gonna be exactly that. Oh, you wanna get the Evil Within? Get it for twenty nine ninety nine, you know, from twelve i I'm not gonna lie. 
a lot of a lot of those games that fell within that window, I walked into Best Buy. Remember, I I walked in there like six o'clock on a Friday. I was like, dude, I picked up like Metal Gear for nineteen ninety nine, the Last Saints Row game for fourteen ninety nine, a shitload of Blu rays. Like I bought a whole bunch of shit, and I think I spent like seventy bucks. Oh God, two K anything that says two K fifteen will be gone. Well, but you know what's funny? WWE. Yeah, well, WWE comes out the 18th, so they'll probably do some sort of a deal. But unless 2K is, is feeling extra generous, they may not let them slash that in half. They may knock that down to like thirty nine ninety nine, Because remember, they're already saturating the market with PS3 and 360 versions that come out next week. Well, I, I kind of meant that version, but the... um. The, the PS4 and Xbox One version, they, they may not let them drop it. You're right about that. Yep. But if they were smart, they would do a deal, like, online. They would, like, you know, pick up the season pass for, like, 10 bucks. Right. Because a lot of people don't want to fucking fuck with their season pass because season passes are just, like, saying, you know, mm-hmm. give me more money. Well, that's the other thing, too. Everybody, we, we, talk, we talked about, we touched on Black Friday retail deals, but we also got to talk about Black Friday deals via, you know, Xbox Live, Xbox Live Arcade and Xbox Live Gold and PS, you know, PSN and PS Plus, because, you know, they chop their own shit, too. You know, you'll buy a game for three dollars that day. Yeah, Sony could really kill it with PlayStation Plus on yep. Black Friday. Well, you know, what's always good to rack up on. And this is just a tip I got to give our listeners, um, you know, 12 month subscriptions for any of these services always get dropped next month. So, you know, a $60 a year packet may be $25 or $30. So definitely rack up on the prepaid cards if you're a person that does that. I know Slick can attest because, you know, we used to we used to be all about the cards. Yeah, because, you know, with all the bullshit of consoles getting hacked, yep. who wants to, you know, use their credit card? Yep, agreed. I mean, my, my, PS, my PS Plus for my PS4 runs out. I think a few days before Christmas. Right. I would definitely pick something up on Black Friday. Yep. So just keep that in mind, guys. But um, with that, that's actually going to wrap up our gaming segment. Is there anything else you want to add? No, I'm good. All right. Uh, if you want to stick around for the movie segment, feel free. If not, you can always uh, cue yourself back in. Um, All right. Yeah, I'll be right back. All right. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up our video game segment. As always, you can follow Slick on Twitter at MTR Slick and always interact with him on our Facebook fan page. So let's get into the week's entertainment news. Uh, This week's entertainment segment is brought to you by our friends at Superhero Stuff. We got some promo codes from them, which will be in the show notes. Let's get that ball rolling. So before we get into the week's wrestling, I'm wrestling news, the week's ga- uh, entertainment news, I do want to talk about the Avengers Age of Ultron trailer, which I'm actually going to play for you guys to check out. It's already available to the public, so I'm hoping that YouTube doesn't have a heart attack about it. If they do, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. But let's um, let's break this down and check out the trailer, shall we? I'm going to show you something beautiful. That is Ultron. 
played by James Spader. Everyone screaming for mercy. You want to protect the world, but you don't want it to change. Hulk is having a bad day. Old puppets. Tangled in strings. Strings. Is still having a bad day. Shit just got real. The end of the path I started us on. Nothing lasts forever. That is Hulkbuster Iron Man, ladies and gentlemen. My body is ready, ladies and gentlemen. That was, without a doubt, the the equalizer, so to speak. And that is what really should have, um, you know, is, is going to have DC on notice. Now, that's why I was saying that the, the, they've been reacting by saying that there will be a, super, a Batman versus Superman trailer within the next week or so. And a couple of things from this trailer. So, the overall gist, if you guys are not seasoned comic book readers if you read the comics ultron is created by ant-man by by hank pym but obviously since the ant-man film is coming out after avengers they're utilizing uh tony stark as the catalyst for the creation of ultron now the way it works is that tony stark is going to create iron uh kind of iron man droids or 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 ultron style droids as a peacekeeping force so that the Avengers don't have to run around, um, you know, addressing every problem going on in the world today. So based on that, the, the droid, the androids are run by Ultron. So of course, Ultron becomes sentient. We all know what happens from there. Now, um, the thing that, the thing about this trailer that, that I like, there's a lot of little things you may not notice. Everybody was talking about Andy Serkis's involvement um, in the film, and a lot of people figured that he was going to be doing mocap. That's not the case. As you saw, Andy Serkis was on camera just as Andy Serkis. Now, a couple of other things. Uh, Captain America's shield being broken is interesting, obviously, because his shield is made from vibranium, which is a mineral that you can find in Wakanda, home of, of course, the Black Panther. So that's going to be interesting if they're going to touch on that. Also, you know, we see some some flashbacks for Captain America and a bunch of different things there. And, of course, the Avengers pretty much blaming Tony Stark for 
for you know everything that's going on. So the big thing out of this is obviously Robert Downey Jr. saying that he's going to be in Captain America 3, which is leading many to believe that it will be the um, the beginning of the Civil War in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, obviously, if you're not a seasoned comic fan, the Civil War basically uh, stemmed from a situation involving the, um, I believe it was the New Warriors and an incident with them, and the fact that the government wanted heroes to register themselves and their alter egos with the government of course captain america and a, and a and a group of heroes felt that that was not the right way to do things meanwhile guys like tony stark and the rest of them wanted to be held they wanted the heroes to be held accountable and they felt that registering with the government was the right way to go now obviously this put two of marvel's heavy hitters at odds a lot of heroes and villains had to choose sides and pretty much the entire chain of events in Civil War changed the landscape of the Marvel Universe. Um, from, you know, guys like Norman Osborn becoming uh, fixtures in in just the government. Uh, there was a point, obviously, where uh, Norman Osborn had his own team of Avengers. Captain America being assassinated, which was um, a story in its own. Uh, Spider-Man unmasked. Um, the Winter Soldier becoming Captain America after his death. The Punisher trying to be Captain America for a time. Just a, a lot of things happened outside of, of you know, from, from the fallout of Civil War. To bring that to the big screen is interesting for a lot of reasons. Like I said, is it going to set up, um, you know, Chris Evans' last role as Captain America? And if so, is are they going to actually tie it into the books and transition Captain America's role to Anthony Mackie? I'm not sure if that's the case, but for... Tony Stark to be involved in uh, in Captain America 3 and Civil War being teased on, you know, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it makes you wonder if they're going to pull the trigger and, um, you know, they're, they're going to uh, assassinate Captain America and if that's going to be the way that they write Chris Evans off if he decides not to renew his contract. On the subject of Spider-Man, Spider-Man was a very, very big part of Civil War for a lot of reasons and the the rumors of negotiations between Sony and you know Marvel slash Disney with regards to utilizing Spider-Man in their films definitely starts picking up a lot of steam when you take that into consideration as a comic book fan I am extremely extremely interested in seeing how they transition so many huge arcs to the big screen not to mention the fact that there also is the the Infinity Gauntlet which is also being teased the big screen uh slick feels that they are going to translate to screen poorly i'm going to take a more wait and see approach i mean marvel for all their great sagas they do sometimes tend to go a little crazy with certain things i mean if you've been following our marvel posts on rageworks you'll see that they're teasing for 2015 pretty much new versions of every story that has been released over the last couple of years infinity gauntlet armor wars uh old man logan We've discussed, of course, the big one going on right now is Avengers, X-Men, Axis, and Edge of Spider-Verse, which are good. House of M also got teased, which that also changed the Marvel Universe because that pretty much eliminated the bulk of the mutant population. So there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the Marvel House of Ideas. The Age of Ultron trailer definitely, as a comic fan, made me very, very happy. It's unfortunate that... You know, if you if I'm ABC right now and was hoping for a ratings boost, I know for a fact that they're pissed off 
that the trailer got leaked. The funny thing was that Marvel didn't even bother fighting it. They released the trailer officially. I showed it off of their channel, and um, they pretty much said on Twitter, Marvel, you know, when Marvel put the trailer up and they posted it on Twitter, they said, damn it, Hydra strikes again. So, you know, they're having a little fun with the leak, and at the end of the day, you know, their publicity is going to be good any way you slice it, whether you make people tune in and hang out and watch the trailer on the big screen, or you watch it on YouTube or on any of, and on any site whatsoever, you're going to get a good experience. Like I said, um, and, and Slick, Slick says exactly what I was about to say. He says the leak, right. You know, it goes back to what I said about the iPad leaks from Apple right after Google made their tablet announcements. Again, very, very suspect. <laughs> Slick makes sure to add allegedly, and Danny makes sure to add twas no leak. So there you have it. The Age of Ultron trailer was fucking bananas. I am hype as a comic fan. Um, definitely, definitely good stuff. And we're going to talk a, a little bit about some other Marvel stuff in a moment. Let's get into the other movie news for the week. Um, the Conjuring spinoff Annabelle has made $167 million worldwide, which is insane. Not only that, but based on that success, we're pretty much guaranteed a second Conjuring film, which James Wan has agreed to come back and direct that I actually have a release date for, and we'll discuss that later on in the entertainment segment. Um, on the small screen superhero side of things, um, a brand new cast member has been announced for the Green Arrow television series, and that is one Vinnie Jones. Many of you may know Vinnie Jones as as the juggernaut from the X-Men films, but he's a uh, very well-recognized character actor and just a, a guy that you pretty much can recognize in any film. He will be joining the Arrow cast to play the role of Brick, uh, Danny Brick Brickwell. He's going to be involved in a three-episode arc. Uh, it's going to be episodes 10, 11, and 12, following the mid-season premiere episode 9. So there you have it. Vinnie Jones will be joining uh, the Arrow cast to play the character of Brick. Now, this next bit of news, I was really uncertain if I was going to call it a what-the-fuck movie news uh new story or not depends I, i'm gonna i'm gonna put it out there and i'm gonna let slick uh dictate in the chat what he feels if you guys know this particular actor rob riggle rob riggle you may know him from the daily show 21 jump street the other guys he's been involved in um a ton of films he's always he he was um he was also in Step Brothers. he was also in that uh he was um he's been a, a character actor in a ton of films he is actually going to be playing, get this, Frank West for the uh, big screen version of Dead Rising. Now, for those of you that are kind of questioning Rob Riggle's uh, comedic talents, Rob Riggle's a funny guy. Not only that, but he is a former member of the armed forces, and he used to um, cover uh, news stories for The Daily Show, so He's he's definitely a guy that has the background. Like I said, um, you know, he was a lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Marine Corps Reserve. He served in Liberia, Kosovo and Afghanistan. He went to Iraq in 2007. Um, the guy definitely is a is a well-trained and well-traveled individual. And I think Rob Riggle is going to do a solid job as Frank West. I think that the comedic timing plus just his real world experience is going to add a great dimension to the character. Now, 
Um, the cool thing is the Dead Rising movie is not debuting in theaters, but it's actually going to be released on Sony's Crackle service. So if you have Crackle on your Xbox 360, Xbox One, PlayStation 3, or PlayStation 4, you will be able to watch Dead Rising Watchtower when it hits the service. So there you have it. Definitely very cool. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm also intrigued at seeing a film released via a proprietary service versus heading to the big screen. I'm curious to see what people's reactions are going to be and how well it will do. As we learn more, of course, keep it locked here and we will share the news with you guys. So this next bit of news definitely, I feel, is 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 worthy of a what the fuck moniker. And that is that they're going to remake Eli Roth's Cabin Fever. Now, if you're a horror aficionado or just a, a person who likes watching really, really gross horror movies, then Cabin Fever should definitely ring a bell. Now, the original film came out in 2002. So here we are 12 years later, and we're going to do a remake, and Eli Roth pretty much is going to remake the film pretty much verbatim from the original screenplay. So to some people, you're they're going to be curious to see how it, how it pans out. But for me personally... As much as I liked Cabin Fever, the you know the beauty of that film when it came out in 2002 was that it came out under the radar. It was kind of cool, and then it just developed a cult following later on. It's not a film that that set the box office on fire or or you know blew things up. It was it was there. It was okay. And then, like I said, when you when it, a lot of movies go under the radar, and before you know it, everybody feels that they're the end-all be-all great examples uh, aside from cabin fever are um films like the big lebowski or clerks or um you know jay and silent bob strike back you know movies that are they have their niche they do okay but they're not they don't become cult favorites based on their box office appeal they become cult favorites from other you know for other reasons same thing like anchorman uh films like that that they just go under the radar they're 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 successful, but they're not, you know, oh my God, Lord of the Rings level success. Now, Cabin Fever, again, I, I group it up there with films like um, like Saw or um, even, even The Conjuring is a good example. Just films that are, they're good, but they're not, oh my God, you know, I made $100 million in the box office. Now, Mortis says, um, I'm shocked that the Warriors hasn't been remade yet with all these remakes. That's one awesome movie that can actually use an update. You know what's funny? The Warriors, I think a year ago, I mentioned on air that there was there were rumors that they were going to do a remake, and then it just got swept under the rug, and nothing ever came of it. But you know what the funny thing is? A film like The Warriors, considering you know the the just the eclectic. Uh, the eclectic factions and the, and just the way that the characters looked and just how iconic that movie is, I'd be curious to see how well they could pull off a big screen version of the Warriors. I I definitely am in the same camp, Mortis. I would I would be curious to see how it would work. Uh, Slick says that it wouldn't work these uh, these days because of subway violence. So I I mean, like I said, it was it was talked about once and then it just went under the radar, but. Who knows? We'll see what the deal is. If I hear anything about a Warriors remake, I will definitely share it with you guys. All right. So Marvel news. Obviously, besides Age of Ultron, there is the ever present casting rumors for Doctor Strange. Now, we've talked about 
all these different actors that have been considered. Well, here's an interesting list. Uh, right now, there's Ryan Gosling, Jared Leto, Oscar Isaac, Matthew McConaughey, which just definitely would not fucking work. Hey, y'all, I'm Doctor Strange. I do magic and stuff. I drive real slow in a Lincoln. Hell no, absolutely not. Ewan McGregor, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Ethan Hawke. Also added recently, Colin Farrell and, of course, Benedict Cumberbatch as well. But um, there's originally... Cumberbatch was in the running for the role, and then he backed out due some up to some other commitments, but his name is being tossed around again. So a very, very diverse cast of actors being considered for Doctor Strange. Out of that entire crop of actors, I'd probably go with Ewan McGregor, um, and, and Benedict Cumberbatch probably would be my two choices. If you wanted to get a little bit more obscure, Ethan Hawke would probably be the best one. I see that uh, Mortis mentioned Joaquin Phoenix, and who originally wasn't in the mix, but now you know people have been saying that he's still being considered. Joaquin Phoenix is a very intriguing actor, and maybe he might be able to pull the role off. But the thing with a character like Doctor Strange is this is a guy that's the Sorcerer Supreme. He's got to be a little cocky. He's got to have a certain look about him. Um, you know, he looks pretty. He looks decently athletic, and you know, he has a presence. You're sharing a presence alongside a guy like Tony Stark. You need an actor that he comes on screen, he can hold his own. And I've talked about this with the Avengers. You know, it's 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 Iron Man and his amazing friends. Because in the Avengers, if if you if they didn't film it the way it was filmed, it would have just been Robert Downey Jr. running off with the movie. Now, alongside a character like Doctor Strange, you need an actor that commands at least a, a sizable screen presence. Again, I still feel that. Uh, McGregor, Ethan Hawke would probably be the better options. Colin Farrell, Cumberbatch, of course. And if it had to boil down to it, I'd give Joaquin Phoenix a shot just because he's a very, very underrated yet very talented actor. All right. On the other side of the spectrum, I want to talk about X-Men Apocalypse, which get this. There's a rumor floating around that they're trying to get Tom Hardy to play Apocalypse. Now, Obviously, we all know Tom Hardy was was Bane in The Dark Knight Rises, and he he played the role as as unique as can be expected. Meanwhile, the role of Apocalypse, obviously, heavy CGI is going to be required, et cetera, et cetera. No different than Josh Brolin playing um, Thanos in Guardians of the Galaxy and in future Marvel films. Now, the thing is, um, Tom Hardy is a big guy, has good screen presence. I'm just curious how they're going to create Apocalypse on the big screen. That's a very CGI intense character. And I mean, they did a great job with the Hulk and, you know, that that worked extremely well. So I'd be curious to see how Hardy would fit as Apocalypse. Obviously, you know, Apocalypse, he has, you know, his limbs can transform into different stuff. He has the big, crazy purple armor. He's got the tubes and shit. He's got the weird semi why so serious uh, facial lines. So, again, Tom Hardy's a, a, a solid actor. He's done very well. He's also being considered for Suicide Squad, which um, obviously is another DC property that they're bringing to the big screen. Um, the, uh, you know, Suicide Squad, basically the dirty dozen of the DC universe. They want to bring in uh, Deathstroke, all the usual uh, Suicide Squad characters for that. Um, it's funny because Slick says, but, you know, Apocalypse is black. 
and Mortis adds that he is Egyptian. This is true. Now, if you watched at the end of X-Men Days of um, Days of Future Past, you see N. Sabbath Nur, who ends up becoming Apocalypse. Now, again, we know that Apocalypse is Egyptian. We know, you know, all of the above. But again, in the comics, Apocalypse is fucking purple. So, <laughs> you know, I understand it for, for the sake of, of continuity, but I'm sure that when Galactus go, I mean, Galactus, uh, Apocalypse goes from Egyptian to big purple transforming guy, then I'm sure that's where Tom Hardy will step in. But again, it's, um, it's definitely, it's definitely a very, very interesting casting choice. And I, and I definitely want to see Apocalypse on the big screen. I mean, Marvel's done a good job with Thanos already. I, I think Apocalypse though is going to be a true test, not only for the X-Men franchise, but just for, for CGI and special effects in general. All right. So, uh, on the subject of Batman and Superman, which we were talking about earlier, um, there was one casting, there was one casting announcement that pretty much went under the radar, uh, until earlier this week when people started piecing two and two together. And that was the casting of Jenna Malone. Now, many of you may know that name from sucker punch, but also from the hunger games film series as well. Um, there is a rumor that Jenna Malone may be playing the Robin that many of you saw from the Dark Knight Returns, which, you know, we all know that a lot of the stuff from Batman and Superman, but borrows heavily from the Dark Knight Returns. But to go that extra step and throw in a female Robin is going to be really crazy. So again, uh, right now there's a rumor that Jenna Malone may be playing Robin on the big screen. So this is the thing that gets me for you're going older Batman. You're going to borrow a lot from, you know, the dark Knight returns and that's fine. I have no problem with that, but you're, you're definitely, you're definitely treading into some interesting water with a female Robin. So I, I, I personally, I, I love the dark Knight returns. I think the dark Knight returns was an amazing book. I think the animated adaptation that they did was very well done. So I'm curious to see um, how that would work. Mortis adds in the chat, Michael Clark Duncan would have been perfect <laughs> had he had he not died. It's true. Michael Clark Duncan would have been an amazing apocalypse, but you know who I would have gone with? I would have gone with the guy that has the deep voice from um, from Underworld. I think that's Kevin, Kevin, Gree, Kevin Grievos, uh, Grivo. I always mess up that guy's name, but the guy from Underworld would have been an awesome apocalypse. He has the voice. He has the presence. That definitely would have worked. Definitely would have been um that you know Kevin Kevin Gr- I, I I'm I'm messing up his name. I think it's Grivo if you want to pronounce it right. Um I think he would be he would have been an awesome apocalypse. Like I said, he's got the deep voice, you know, the CGI in there, him coming out there and just, you know, you will all bow before me, X-Men. You know, that that would have just looked legit. But I uh, like I said, the Tom Hardy thing right now is a rumor, so we'll take it for what it's worth. All right. So um we slick and I talked about ghost in the shell a couple of weeks back and, um, Oh yeah, I forgot. Mortis brings up, um, uh, Mr. Echo. I, I'm going to mess up that guy's name out of Wale from, um, lost as uh, apocalypse. You know what it is? He's such a great character actor and he's already been in Thor, the dark world. So I don't know if, um, Marvel's gonna, Marvel's gonna willingly let him go and work for work for Fox as well. But, um, you know, you never, you, you never know. Anyway, 
So we were talking about Ghost in the Shell a couple of weeks back, and now Deadline is reporting that they're looking at Scarlett Johansson instead of Margot Robbie for the role for the lead role in Ghost in the Shell. So um, definitely, definitely very, very interesting casting choice. I mean, considering that that Scarlett Johansson is in such high demand after her her turn as Black Widow, um, seeing her in Ghost in the Shell definitely. Not the worst casting choice. I mean, it's either her or Margot Robbie. And like I said, Margot Robbie's been very, um, you know, she's become very popular. I mean, her work in Wolf on Wall Street definitely got her noticed right away. So um, either either woman would make a, a solid casting choice for Ghost in the Shell. As of right now, it's still a rumor. But, um, you know, Deadline, Deadline did report it. So you never know. There definitely may be some some traction for that. Um you know, according to what they were saying, um, Margot Robbie was pretty much in the lead up until they said that she was going to be attached to Suicide Squad with, um, you know, alongside some of DC's other known members of the Suicide Squad. So we'll we'll see what happens. The only thing I have to say about Suicide Squad is that uh, Manu Bennett better play Deathstroke in Suicide Squad considering how great he played Deathstroke in the Arrow TV series. And sure, you don't want to use all that for continuity's sake, but he just did such a great job as Slade Wilson that um, it would really be a disservice to the character to not even let him audition for the role. All right, so, and I, and this, I, I got to talk about just the box office totals, and this shouldn't come as a shocker, but Fury was number one at the box office this weekend, this past weekend, earning $25.3 million. Gone Girl took in an additional 17.8. The Book of Life came in at number three. Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day came in at number four. The Best of Me came in at number five. Dracula Untold came in at number six. I got to try and get to the movies to see that. The Judge came in at number seven. Annabelle was number eight. The Equalizer was number nine. And The Maze Runner came in at number 10. I either, I, I got to try and see Dracula this weekend or John Wick. Um, a couple of people I know went to some press screenings for John Wick and they said that especially knowing me on a personal level, they were like, yeah, that's going to be a movie you're, you're going to fucking lose your mind over. So I want to try and get to the theater to see John Wick. Um, Ouija is also coming out in on, uh, on the big screen this weekend. And my response is pretty much PG 13 horror movies, you know, can, can go fuck themselves. Most of them suck. So take that for what it's worth. Um, speaking of, uh, of horror movies, they are doing a third Insidious film, which is expected to hit theaters May 29th, 2015. So um, if, you are, uh, if you are a fan of the Insidious films, mark that down on your calendar. Now, let's talk, let's talk what the fuck small screen news as Sharknado 3 is going down and will be hitting the small screen in 2015 it is definitely going to happen and the film is going to take place throughout the eastern seaboard including florida uh parts of washington dc etc so you're going to get to check out sharknado on the feast coast that's what they're that's the buzzword they are using for that when it hits the small screen in 2015 now i don't know i don't know how people are going to react to this i was kind of excited but kind of not when i heard that Kevin Smith during his AMA on Reddit said that we would be seeing a Clerks 3 that will begin shooting in summer 2015. Now, 
I love the Kevin Smith films. I mean, when I was working in the in the movie in the movies, I um in the movie theater when I was seventeen, I got to I got to see which one was it? Uh, was it Chasing Amy? That was that kind of falls in that universe in the Kevin Smith universe. And the thing with Kevin Smith films for me personally is that sometimes they're not great when you watch them the first time and then they just grow on you like a fucking fungus. A great example of that is Clerks. Um, when I saw Clerks, when I saw Clerks when I was younger, I was like, eh, I don't understand what the big fucking the big deal is. And then as I got older and I watched the movie again, I, I kind of gained an appreciation for it. I definitely, I think when I was younger, the fact that it was just black and white fucking pissed me off. And I was like, ah, oh, this is bullshit, fucking black and white, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, now that I'm older, I definitely, you know, I definitely appreciate that. Um, same thing with Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I, I That movie, I never get tired of watching because it's just, uh, you know, it's a, it's a guilty pleasure for me. But yeah, it looks like we will be getting a Clerks 3 once it begins shooting in 2015. Um, ugh, Danny says they announced that in his comic book men show. You know, I would have actually known that um, had I watched comic book men, but fuck that show. <laughs> comic book men bothers me for a multitude of reasons because it, it, it some episodes feel like a like a giant commercial and other times it just feels like like like, you know, a self masturbation theater, you know? That's that's pretty that's pretty much how it goes. Just um, I I try to watch comic book men, and as a comic fan, I just can't do it. I could probably do a better comic book show with myself and four of my closest friends, and not fucking turn it into a commercial for my store, The Secret Stash. You know, like that's that's what I mean. Like I watch it, I, I've watched it a handful of times. I've left it playing in the background, and you know, sometimes they they have some cool stuff that people try to sell, but um. I'm just I'm just not not sold. Not sold on comic book men. Fuck that show. So I want um Slick is probably gonna get real pissed off when I talk about this. Uh about a year uh, about a year ago, I mentioned that there were plans that they were gonna do a TV series based on Scream. Now, obviously, when you think Scream, you think Ghostface, people getting stabbed. What's your favorite scary movie? And all that, you know, all the typical scream accoutrements that that are associated with the film. You know, Nev Campbell when she was good looking, um, the the chick from Friends, uh, stupid ass, uh, what's his name, David uh, David Arquette. You know, all that stuff. So when when you hear Scream TV show, you're gonna expect Ghostface. You're gonna expect all the usual stuff. So very interesting article came out. And it, it was um, it was shared on 411 Mania. Then it was shared on a site on a Scream fan site called Ghostface.co.uk. And what ended up happening is that the Scream series allegedly is not going to have Ghostface. How crazy is that? You're going to do a show about Scream without Ghostface. That's how crazy it is. According to um the the company that owns. Uh, the copyright to the Ghostface image, they said that Ghostface may not be, uh, he said the following, um, the, the guy from ghostface.co.uk, uh, sent an email to Fun World, which is the company that makes the masks and owns the copyright to the Ghostface image. Now, 
Torbert, uh, RJ Torbert from Fun World replied as follows. To answer your question regarding the Screams TV, the Scream TV series, please note that I had been in communication with, with TWC regarding this, and they have informed me that as of now and during the initial launch, the ghost face is not involved in the new format. They also indicated that because of this direction, it does not mean that Ghostface will not be involved at a later date. So there is still a question uh, at, uh, you know, there's still a question as to whether or not we will be seeing the characters. I'm telling you now, as we get closer to Halloween, because of so many inquiries we've had from our retailers, as well as fans all over the world. In addition, we have received pretty harsh notes, some addressed specifically to me, implying that Fun World and or me is responsible for the series not having Ghostface. Nothing could be further from the truth. We believe Scream is Ghostface, and the Ghostface is Scream. However, while Ghostface is owned by Fun World, the Scream motion picture franchise is owned by the Weinstein Company. The Weinstein Company and it has an option to do their film or a TV show without Ghostface. Regardless, we wish them the best of luck, and I'm sure Scream fans will check out the series. Who knows what will happen in the future regarding the series and Ghostface. Never say never. So, a couple of things. The show's not being set in Woodsboro. It's going to be set in a town called Lakewood. As of right now, there is no Ghostface killer, but you're still calling the TV show Scream. So, Stick with me, folks. Scream TV series based on the film. The signature character from the film is, as of right now, not in the TV series. I don't even know if there's going to be any cast members from the movie involved in the show, but, you know, what the fuck is Jamie Kennedy doing? Give that fucking guy a job. But seriously, you're doing a show based on a property whose signature character is as iconic as iconic gets and yeah, he's not appearing in the show. It's just a recipe for a disaster. And as soon as I hear the words MTV, I know it's going to fucking be bullshit, but there you have it. A Scream TV series without Ghostface. Things may change, but that's how it's looking for the time being. So, the thing the thing that gets me and this is um this is something that Slick also will have a very strong opinion about. Um, you know, the Scream character, the rights, whether they belong to Fun World or not, if you're doing a, a TV series based on a film and you're not even borrowing the most core elements, even if you want to make it an origin story like the Psycho TV show, the fact is that Ghostface is what is what is associated with Scream. As soon as I tell somebody, Scream, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Some people are going to say Ghostface. Some people are going to say Scary Movie. But even with Scary Movie, you still had Ghostface involved. So, again, it's it's a character that's as iconic as iconic gets. So, to, to, to try and, and create this small screen adaptation without something that makes that, that, that series unique is just, it's just a recipe for a disaster. And again, MTV... You know, their track record has been hit or miss. I mean, Teen Wolf has been pretty good, but some of their other programming, not so much. So we're going to talk about one of Slick's favorite films, and that is John Carter. Um, John Carter, for those of you that don't know, is considered to be the biggest bomb in movie in, in Disney movie history. Well, I personally saw John Carter based on Slick's recommendation, and I enjoyed the movie. You know, it was a, a guilty pleasure. Would I have gone to the movies to see it? Probably not, but every time it's been on cable, I always end up watching it, and um, the actress that played the uh, 
the Princess of Mars. Um, yeah. Anyway, so John Carter's rights have reverted back to Edgar Rice Burroughs. They're no longer associated with Disney. Because of that, Edgar Rice Burroughs, Inc. Ha- now has the rights to John Carter to release either TV series, movies, or merchandise. And they plan on pitching the story to the, the John Carter mythology to a brand new studio. Now, with that said, and I'm going to pitch it to Slick in the chat room, the rights to John Carter reverted back to Edgar Rice Burroughs, Inc. If you had to see John Carter back on the big screen, what studio would you pitch the film to and how would you like to see the film adapted? Do you think it would be better as a TV series or as a standalone film once again? I'm curious to see what Slick has to say considering you know how passionate he is about the the you know the John Carter mythology. Now, uh, John Carter made two hundred eighty four million dollars, which it made overseas. Um, you know the film has a a very big budget, a very deep story, and um, you know I did feel that it didn't get marketed. I felt it didn't get marketed correctly, and Slick brought that to my attention. And as I watched the films, as they gave it you know a thousand times on HBO, I realized that. Nobody knew what the fuck it was about because they were just saying John Carter. You know, obviously at the end it was John Carter of Mars, but it's like, oh yeah, John Carter. And it's like, okay, yeah, what does that mean? You know, it's it's different when you say Tarzan, you know, another Edgar Rice Burroughs um, associated creation. When you tell t- people Tarzan, it's, you know, like that, they get it. John Carter, unless you read the books and, and you're aware of the mythology you have no fucking idea. You don't. Simple as that. Slick says that he would like to see it return as a movie series. And, you know, while I while I understand where Slick is coming from with that, me personally, I think a TV series would work because you could do it week to week and you could have a decent budget and have a good time with it. Now, with regards to a network, that's a different story because a, a uh, a show like that, it's automatically destined for sci-fi, you know, the sci-fi channel. But you could you could probably make a decent run on a more mainstream network if it's done right. But who knows? We'll see what happens. They are going to pitch it to some other studios, and um, you know, they would they they they're going to try and they're going to try their luck again. We'll see what happens. As soon as I hear more, of course, I will share it with you guys. Slick says, I think a good anime house could make that story explode. You know what? Maybe maybe animated might be the way to go. Who knows? Anyway, in some other small screen news, another, another recognizable TV actress will be joining the Gotham cast. That is one Morena Baccarin, who many of you may know from her work on V and countless other shows. She will be joining Fox's Gotham TV show as a very, very iconic character, Dr. Leslie Tompkins. Now, if you're not a seasoned Batman reader, uh, Dr. Leslie Tompkins is pretty much the the in-house doctor for the Batman family. Uh, she does know Batman's alter ego, and while she doesn't agree with Batman's methods, she is a very, very crucial character in the Batman mythology, especially if you've read uh, story arcs like No Man's Land, which was probably one of the best representations of her character. Um, Leslie Tompkins joining definitely starts laying the groundwork for all the 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 ancillary Batman characters. I've been watching Gotham uh, since it started, and um, you know the thing is that 
the show has a, a lot of good things and a lot of frustrating things, but the the progression of Bruce Wayne and and how he starts kind of preparing himself for Batman to become Batman, you see a lot of subtle things in the show which they do very well. Uh, the addition of Doc, like I said, Doctor Leslie Tompkins is definitely um, a nice addition to the cast. Uh, Slick also reminded me, of course, that Batman the Animated Series also saw the Leslie Tompkins character as well. So if you are unfamiliar, definitely, um, like I said, one of the best uses for her character was Batman No Man's Land, which was an amazing, amazing book where uh, Gotham City was hit with a huge earthquake and pretty much got cut off from the world. And it boiled down to Batman and the rest of the Batman family to kind of bring the city back from the brink. So um, Leslie Tompkins figured very heavily into that story. So definitely check that out. Um, Slick is not happy with the Morena backer in casting. <laughs> um, there's there's a there's a there's a story with regards to why Slick is not a fan of Morena backer in and I'll share that. I'll share that another day. But um, I, I, I knew that his reaction was going to be exactly what it was. All right. So. Let's close things out with, um, obviously, we talked about the box office numbers, but I'm starting to get Blu-ray numbers, which is not something I get every day. And um, X-Men Days of Future Past was the number one selling Blu-ray for the week of October 19th. Um, X-Men Days of Future Past was the number one seller. Uh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman was number two. Transformers Age of Extinction was number three. Sleeping Beauty was four. Edge of Tomorrow was number five. A Million Ways to Die in the West was six. Uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier was number seven. Ba- uh, Dragon Ball Z Battle of the Gods, which I cannot fucking find, um, was number seven. Godzilla was number eight. Uh, no, correction. Uh, yeah, Godzilla was number eight. The Fault of Our Stars was... No, no, no. Wait a minute. X-Men was one. Peabody and Sherman was two. Transformers was three. Sleeping Beauty was four. Edge of Tomorrow was five. Million Ways to Die in the West was six. Captain America was seven. Dragon Ball Z was eight. Godzilla was nine. And The Fault in Our Stars was number 10. Um, Again, all solid pickups. Captain America, definitely an awesome Blu-ray. Godzilla, an amazing Blu-ray. Transformers Age of Extinction. If you get the one with the IMAX scenes, which is the 3D version, get ready for your eyeballs to get burned out of their fucking sockets. So you're going to probably see that in our uh, MTR gift guide as well as X-Men Days of Future Past. Um, Slick, uh, I will let you know uh, over the weekend if I want you to pick that up. Anyway, there you have it. Uh, With regards to 3D Blu-rays, which definitely have their own list, uh, the number one selling 3D Blu-ray was Captain America and the Winter Soldier. X-Men Days of Future Past was number two. Amazing Spider-Man 3, excuse me, 2 was number three edge of tomorrow was number four and transformers age of extinction big shocker came in on the number five slot so there you have it those are the the blu-rays that everybody's buying if you haven't picked any of those up i recommend you do so like i said um i can definitely vouch for captain america godzilla transformers all solid pickups especially if you have uh you know a solid television and a great home theater system you will enjoy all those films all right so there you have it that is going to wrap up the show for this week it's going to wrap up our entertainment segment and of course it is going to close out the show just a quick reminder 
there will be no live episodes of My Take Radio next Wednesday or next Thursday. That means October 29th and October 30th, there will be no live episodes of MTR. As always, you can get archived versions of the show, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or if you got $1.99, you can pick up the official My Take Radio app and get the shows that way as well, including both bonus content, mobile wallpapers, and a ton of other stuff. We do have something very exciting in the works that hopefully I will announce in November uh, between us and our friends at Video Game News Radio, Kevin Beard, Brian, uh, Don, and the rest of the crew, and Rageworks have something very special in store. Figured I would tease that. And of course, be on the lookout for a brand new episode of The Buried Show right after Hell in the Cell. That'll probably be happening that week that we are off air. So if you're a fan of Quark and Blade, be on the lookout for that. If you want to keep up with My Take Radio, you can follow us on Twitter at My Take Radio or at Rage underscore Works. As always, if you want any of our on-air content, head over to MyTakeRadio.com. For all our movie game reviews and all our other content, RageWorks.net is where you're going to want to go for that. As for video episodes and other unique video content for My Take Radio, it's YouTube.com forward slash My Take Radio TV. For Rageworks, you're going to go YouTube.com forward slash official Rageworks. Of course, we are on Google, on Google Plus, both for My Take Radio and Rageworks, and we are on Pinterest. If you're an Instagram user, you can follow me on there. It's Rageworks underscore Rich. All right, that's going to wrap it up. I will see you guys officially on November 5th and November 6th when My Take Radio returns at 11 p.m. Eastern. Until then, on behalf of myself and the rest of the MTR and Rageworks crew, I will catch you guys later. Thanks for watching, guys. Peace. Everything, everything, that's all, folks.